Hello everyone and welcome back to the Red Housewife podcast. Today's topic is 10 cent tip Tuesday, saving money on your utility bill. Here in California, we pay both water and utilities. And depending on where you are in California, you're paying electricity separate from gas um, or you're paying it all together. Where I live, we pay PG&E. So that's Pacific Gas and Electric. And then separate from that, I have my water bill. So here's just a few things that I know that is kept my bill down pretty low. Some of these you may know already, but I tried to find the most unique things that help keep my bill down that you probably haven't heard. So hopefully this is gonna help you out. My first tip is one that you've heard before, but it's a little more in depth. Keeping your thermostat set at 68 in the winter time, which is right now, that's the temperature that PG&E tells you to keep it at so that your bill doesn't go up too high. Yeah, that's pretty cold, especially when it's so icy outside in some areas of California, which is surprising. But the trick here is timing your chores, your activities, and the way you dress. When it comes to dressing and you're trying to keep the temperature at 68, we tend to dress in layers. We want to put thermals on, two pairs of socks, that sort of thing, so that we're really, really warm. And as we get too warm, we just start to take things off. That works when you're outside and the air is freezing cold and the wind is blowing because you want to keep as much of the air off of your skin as possible. But when you're in the house, if you're wearing thermals underneath a pair of sweats and two pairs of socks and a couple of t-shirts, that sort of thing, you're going to end up sweating and it's that sweat that's going to cool you off. Your body has to regulate its temperature and it begins to sweat when you're too hot. So if you have on thermals and sweats or thermals and a couple of outfits on top of that, you're going to get too hot. And then when you start to take off those layers to cool off just a little bit, then you're gonna find that you're freezing cold and you have to put some of the layers right back on. So try not to wear thermals under clothing that's already supposed to be warm. You wanna wear thermals under jeans, you wanna wear thermals under um, a pair of pants, things like that, or maybe you have thin pajamas, like satiny pajamas, you can put thermals under those. But if you have pajamas that are already thick, Um, and you're wearing like a sweater or something like that, you may not want to wear a thermal while you're in the house Um, because again, you'll sweat and then it'll just make you cold. Something else that helps me out is putting on a warming massage oil or lotion before I get dressed in the first place. Um, I do it really quickly because as soon as I get out of the shower, I'm freezing just like everyone else. I normally just use cocoa butter for my entire body head to toe but I will get a warming massage oil and rub it all over on top of the cocoa butter because I just can't do without. And that helps the circulation. Just simply applying any type of lotion or cream is going to help with the circulation, which can help you raise your body temperature faster. But also having a warming massage oil will at least give you the sensation that you are warmer than you are. So that when you put your clothes on on top, you don't feel cold even with layers upon layers of clothes on. And of course, always wear slippers and hoodies when you're walking around in the house. So a lot of times we get used to walking around with just wearing socks, but those slippers actually keep more heat in. And then walking around with just, you know, your warm pajamas on isn't enough. You know, wear a robe, wear a hoodie, wear your scarf, wear your layers even when you're in the house and you're not going to bed. And then you can take things off as you start to warm up. The second tip is to use jersey sheets. My favorite is Room Essentials from Target. They do not sponsor this podcast, by the way. They're not associated. 
but they're my favorite sheets now because they're easy to clean, they're inexpensive, they're very stretchy, they're really decent quality um, for being room essentials, which is usually their cheapest. Um, but I found that when I'm climbing into bed at night and I use the jersey sheets, the sheets don't feel cold. So if the room is cold, of course, all sheets will feel a little chilly, but I noticed that um, when I'm sliding into bed, the sheets don't feel cold to my feet if I happen to not have any socks on. So I recommend you try using jersey sheets because they don't seem to hold on to the cold the way other sheets are. And speaking of other sheets, any type of slippery material will feel cold when you climb into bed, even if the room is piping hot. So you want to stay away from any material that feels slippery or silky. You want things, you know, polyester, uh, flannel, fleece, that sort of thing. You want those materials because they don't seem to hold on to the actual cold in the environment. Number three, use fleece blankets under your main comforter or duvet. So you have your fitted sheet that you lay on top of, you have your top sheet that lays on top of you, but if you put some sort of fleece blanket directly over that and then put on your blanket and then put on your comforter or duvet, you're going to find that you're going to be a lot warmer because the fleece is meant to keep the heat in and then the blankets, the comforters, the only way they keep you warm is being so heavy. They weigh you down so that the heat doesn't escape. So the blankets themselves aren't really keeping you warm. It's just the weight keeping the cold air out. So you might as well have the fleece under there to keep you warm. You can buy them really cheap at Target, of course, but honestly, without having any sewing experience, you can get enough fabric from Joann's. Just a couple of yards may cost you $5. Um, and you can make your own blanket if you can sew. If you can't sew, you can cut little slits around the edges and tie little knots or make little slits in each strip and just pull it through so you don't have to tie a knot at all and lay that blanket underneath your main blanket and or comforter or duvet. Number four, use blackout curtains to keep the heat in at night. So we already know blackout curtains block out the sun and we figured out during the summer that using blackout curtains traps out the heat and allows the, the house to cool off quicker. Well, it also works when you're trying to keep the heat in because it's keeping the cold out. Um, no matter what you do, no matter how insulated or how many panes of glass you have, eventually the cold is going to come through the glass. It's glass. So if you have blackout curtains over your windows, then you're able to keep the heat in and keep more of the cold out. However, in the daytime, during the warmest part of the day, you want to open those curtains to let some of that heat in. Number five, close off your fireplace. Drafts come through the fireplace, especially if you have your flue open. Um, it's just the way fireplaces are designed because they need for the smoke to get out. Otherwise, you'll die from carbon monoxide poisoning. There are fireplace covers for people who like to keep the heat um, out of their house during the summers when they are turning on the air conditioner. It's mostly, it just looks like a, like a table or a, a pad that just unfolds and blocks out the opening to the fireplace from the front from an aesthetic view so that the, the fireplace is still open but the air is not making it into the house. So obviously you wouldn't use this while the fireplace is lit or anything, but you would use it say overnight when you're not gonna be burning a log on the fireplace. You can cover it up so that no more cold air comes in while you're sleeping at night. Number six, use your dryer to warm your house. In my house, my laundry room is um, right down the hall from all the bedrooms, which is a blessing and a curse. Um, it can be noisy 
but where it's a blessing is if I turn the, the dryer on to dry clothes, say I'm doing laundry right before I go to bed, or I'm doing laundry first thing in the morning, which is when it's coldest, if I leave the door to the laundry room open, the heat is going to travel down the hallway, which is going to keep the heater from having to come on for as long to get the temperature um, of the house up to a nice temperature. Number seven, buy rubber strips to close the gaps under your doors or to create tighter seals around your windows. You can get them at the hardware store for anywhere between five and $10. Our windows close, but sometimes it's not a tight seal. When you go to close your window, if you have a window that you push down on where you, it's vertical, it opens vertically, um, you don't know that that window isn't actually sealed when it makes contact with the window sill because you can't see once it goes past the little metal threshold. So if you put a little rubber insulation in there and then push down on the window, you'll find that there's a tighter seal and then you can still lock the window. The same goes for windows that, that open and close horizontally. They slide left to right. Sometimes we think that the window is fully closed because it goes all the way into the metal and we're able to lock it. But if you put a little strip of rubber that's meant for this purpose and then shut the window, it'll still click and lock into place, but you'll notice that a lot less air gets in. Number eight, some people don't know this, but coffee actually makes you colder. I know this one because I'm anemic and coffee will dehydrate you um, and coffee will make it difficult for your body to absorb iron. Um, so when you're drinking coffee and you feel warm and you feel so good inside and then by the time you're done with that cup of coffee, maybe an hour or so later, you're colder than you were when you drank the coffee. Um, that's because the way the caffeine works on your body um, and the effect that it has on your blood sugar and your iron. So try to stay away from coffee when you're cold. It's hard to do that because the way it makes you feel when you drink it. So it's great if you just need to warm up um, on your way to the office or you need to warm up just till you get home to some warm clothes or something or you know a short-term thing. But long-term, it's actually going to keep you cold a lot longer. Tea is very interesting as well because tea is better is a better choice if you want to warm up by drinking a liquid, have something warm to hold in your hands. It's much better than coffee because it's not going to um, block you from absorbing iron. Um, it's not going to dehydrate you. In fact, it's going to do the opposite. But the problem with tea is, and the same thing with any hot beverage is, your body can only take so much heat before it starts to cool itself down. I know um, a few of my Middle Eastern friends will drink tea in the summer while the rest of us are drinking ice cold drinks to cool off. They drink tea so that the body will kick in on its own and regulate its temperature and cool itself off. So the same thing is happening even in the winter. So you're freezing cold, you're drinking, you're drinking this piping hot tea. It's going to feel great. You're, it's going to last longer than if you drank coffee but then eventually your body's gonna do what it naturally does to cool you off. So the same way the fleece can be a problem if it makes you sweat, the tea may actually make you sweat, or if it doesn't make you sweat, it's going to force your body to cool off because now you're too hot and then you'll feel cold all over again. So I still recommend you go with the tea over the coffee, but just be prepared to feel colder than you felt before once the, the warmth of those drinks begin to, warm, to wear off. Don't use your dishwasher like at all. The only thing I use my dishwasher for is to dry clean dishes that I've washed by hand. So I wash them by hand, I rinse them, and I use the dishwasher as a an oversized drying rack. 
And the reason why is because the dishwasher was never intended to be used multiple times a day. And it was never intended to be used um, as your main dishwashing source. The dishwasher was invented for those times when you just didn't have time to do the dishes. Maybe you had a big family dinner, maybe it was a special occasion, and this was just the easier way to get your dishes done so that you didn't have dishes in your sink. But our society has since changed. We will eat breakfast, load up the dishwasher, start it, if it's full, go to work, come back home, cook dinner, and then load up the dishwasher again. No matter how much they tell you it's an energy saver, it's still not saving energy. All it's doing is using less energy than some of the other machines, but it's still an energy vampire. It's also draining a lot of water. Um, it takes many, many gallons to wash a single load of dishes, and that's just on the light wash where they barely use any water. It's still far more water than you would use if you would wash the dishes by hand. Like I said, we've gone accustomed to simply just tossing them in the dishwasher and not having to wash dishes by hand. Nobody likes to do it. No one wants to touch the food. Um, but I just, I grin and bear it. I put on my gloves and I wash the dishes by hand and I put them in the dishwasher. The amount of electricity that it takes to run a dishwasher, the amount of gas that is used to make the dishwasher hot enough, that's coming from your hot water heater. Um, and then of course the amount of water that it takes to clean those dishes, it's a lot of resources and that can basically put a strain on all parts of your utility bill. So just wash them by hand or only wash them once a week. Number 10, decorate the inside of your house, not the outside for the holidays. I grew up with lights on the outside of my house. It was almost a competition who had the best holiday decorations. But I would recommend not putting lights on the outside of your house. This one's going to be a little weird because, you know, we like to decorate the outside of our house. But the power outlets on the outside of your house actually use more power than the inside because they're different types, types of outlets and they're designed to not take in water, obviously. Don't want that to happen. And the lights that you use outside are a higher voltage than the lights that you would put inside. And there is a distinction on Christmas lights, which ones are indoor or outdoor lights. So for me, I'll put up my wreath, I'll put up my yarn my yard decorations, but when it comes to the lights, I keep them on the inside, if at all. For example, um, I have um, a pine garland over my fireplace, which has lights. This is a plastic one, I got it from Walmart, maybe $10. Um, and it hangs from my fireplace with little lights on it. Um, my Christmas tree is a real Christmas tree, but I have lights that wrap around that tree. And to me, that's more festive than driving up to a house with tons and tons of lights that's using so much more energy than if I just had, you know, a strip of lights here and a strip of lights there. Also, unplug everything at night. That includes all your decorations. When I go through my neighborhood at night, all the Christmas lights are on. That's a lot of energy being used. Now, for safety reasons, the fire department tells you you should unplug your, your lights, at least inside your house, um, because if your tree is dry, it could catch fire and anything else could catch fire, like your stockings, things like that. So you should unplug them at night anyways. But I say that you should also unplug your sprinklers if you're able to. My sprinklers come with a timer and I basically turn off that timer when um, fall hits, because at that point, the lawn is going to die. It's going to be really cold. Um, it's going to rain. Um, so what's the point in having the sprinklers on? Why use it at all? So that saves water. But I found out that if I unplug the sprinklers completely until, you know, late spring, early summer, I find that my utility bill actually goes down. The electricity goes down because even though it's not watering the lawn, 
the timer is still reading, um, you know, the computer chip to tell it when it's supposed to go off again. Number 11, cook large meals so that you can microwave throughout the week. A microwave uses less energy than a stove. So for example, if I make a big pot of pozole, I can microwave that throughout the week to eat it. If I make some tamales, I can microwave that throughout the week. If I make soup, um, gumbo, um, anything that can be microwaved, um, chicken, certain things like that. If I can place it in a microwave, make a plate of food or make a bowl of food and microwave it, then I'm only using my stove that maybe once or twice a week. So it's a lot less energy. And then lastly, monitor your usage on your utility website. I'm not sure about other utility companies, but I know that with PG&E, I can monitor what time of day I'm using the most energy. I can try to figure out what appliance that is that's costing the most energy. That's how I figured out that I should stop running the dishwasher because I found that I had an energy spike between six and eight o'clock in the morning, and then again between eight and 11 o'clock at night. And that's when we were running the dishwasher. I also had a spike in the middle of the day on certain days of the week, and those were the days when I was doing my laundry. So I couldn't do anything about the laundry. There's, there's a lot of us here and there's a lot of laundry, but I could make sure that we didn't run the dishwasher. And I had a 25% decrease in my bill by simply not running my dishwasher. I hope these tips were able to help you save money this holiday season on your utility bill. If there's any tips I didn't cover, please let me know at The Red Housewife on Twitter and on Facebook. If you'd like to sponsor this podcast, you can do so here at anchor.fm slash theredhousewife.com or you can go to my Twitter at The Red Housewife. Thank you so much for listening. Talk to you next time.